Just like it says, Sumira uh, Vasetoiv. Sumira means uh, turn away from evil, Vasetoiv and do good. The way everything always happens is first evil has to be subdued and destroyed. Once that happens, or overturned or whatever, once that happens, then Kedusha, holiness, that which is righteous, can come in. So therefore, as far as I'm concerned, that's really what you're seeing. Trump is going to overturn, and I mentioned last week, you know, it's astounding to watch that God, the Rabbi Islam, what he did is he destroyed five things in one shot. You know, and I said that, he destroyed Obama, Hillary, uh, he destroyed the, uh, the media, he destroyed the Democratic Party, and he destroyed the, all the, the liberals, all the leftist progressives and liberals uh, that are, in many ways, the, their whole view is anti-Torah. And he destroyed it with one shot by putting in Trump. And uh, therefore, that is the, what the idea of that is to subdue evil, to remove the evil of America, which they clearly represent. And like he says, he's going to clean the swamp, which means that he's going to obviously, uh, you know, uh, clean up uh, Washington, D.C., which is a total bed of corruption. And that's the concept of Sumera. So first you always see removing evil, you see, and that'll take a little while. Then once that gets started, then you begin to see Asay Toiv. That's when you could see the turnaround uh, in terms of the messianic process, in terms of the positive, you see. And that, that takes time because it's like the, uh, they say it's like the sun rising. You know, first you see the light and then you see the orb of the sun slowly and it rises and more and more light and so on becomes much more intense and so on. That's what Matzbeth can you show you yeah. plant a seed, it takes time. Uh, yeah, but in any so, case, until it goes above the ground. First right. it develops beneath the ground, then it goes above. So that is always the order of redemption, you see. First you, it's like by Moshe Rabbeinu when he went to Egypt. You know, first you had the, uh, what do you call it, the Makas. You know, all the blows, the plagues of Egypt and so on. That was to subdue Egypt. And then once they went through the Red Sea, the uh, Yamsuf, the Red Sea, uh, and that's when you began to see the tremendous amount of holiness. So in order to make room for the holiness, you always have to remove or subdue the evil. Very important concept. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's exactly what's happening. And the evil has been substantially destroyed, reduced. The evil has been substantially re reduced, destroyed. And uh, once he gets in, I believe that uh, hopefully shortly after, you will see a rise in holiness. Is the positive. It's now going to turn away from one side and go to the side of Toiv, good and righteousness. So anyway, so this is this is uh, what what seems seems to be happening. Any case, but uh, um, but th th this is going to go on for a long time. That the Democrats are going to try to shoot down Trump because their way of life is ending. And they can't, they can't, they can't deal with that, obviously. And they, they're just coming out with the, the, the insanity of what they're doing is beyond belief. The immaturity and the childishness and so on, you know. Um, uh, and that's really, you're looking at, uh, I think, the death of the Democratic Party. Because in six months into his presidency, he will have accomplished so much 
that people are going to say, well, where was the Democratic Party? Where was Obama after for, in all the years and so on and so forth? And that, like I said last week, the contrast is going to sink Obama. If you think he's sunk now, he's going to sink much further after Trump uh, uh, accomplishes what he promised to make America great. As that goes up, Obama will sink and the whole Democratic Party will sink because the contest will destroy them. That's what's going to happen. Anyway, any questions? That's my take on uh, current events. Meanwhile, it's right on schedule. He's just doing incredible stuff as a, as a president-elect. And of course, they try to stop him with the, uh, with the electoral college. It's just incredible. First, they try to stop him with Russia, that he rigged the whole election, <laughs> which is absurd. Uh, and we talk about psychosis. You know, this is the... <laughs> real psychosis, delusional thinking, you know. And then they try to stop, stop him with the recount, you know, and now they try to stop him with the Electoral College. I hear these guys were receiving like 6,000 messages, each one, please switch your loyalty and all that kind of stuff. It's, 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 it's beyond belief. This is historic. This will go down in the textbooks as historic that this has never happened that one party that lost absolute Hysteria never happened before, and that's what you're seeing now. There was an article that last Friday they had 186,000 plus permits for new gun owners, the most <laughs> they had in the last 20 years. And the reporting was that four to one were all liberals. Like all four to one were all liberals. Yeah, the people who never control, never would yeah. purchase a gun, but now because Trump is in office, they feel that they're endangered. Like blacks, gays, uh, different minorities. So they're all buying guns because now they think that they have to protect themselves. I see. Wow. So they, they, what they, paranoia. <laughs> you know, talk they're, about they're paranoia. They're stockpiling guns, the liberals now. Not just the reaction is beyond belief. Really incredible. Aren't, aren't, um, anyway. Organizations, um, like very, the, 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 the very, very, um, Organizations that are on the right that are evil, like the KKK, are using this opportunity. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. So I mean, that might be part of what they're scared of. But. Well, you know, uh, you know, the fact that he's friendly with Russia, so now they're afraid that this could be a nu nuclear war. It's just like it's, it's insanity. Plain, simple insanity. That's all it is. It's uh, you know. Uh, anyway. Okay. Now, he says the Ramchal, going back in the Derech Hashem, uh, he was speaking about the uh, setup. The setup really is a, there's a physical world, phys physical existence, and the uh, physical world, uh, which is really physical, what the Bansham did is he took a neshama, a soul, and he sort of like stuffed it in. It's not the proper word, but, you know, he tied with a bond that cannot be severed the soul, the spiritual soul, he tied it to the physical body. That's what he did, uh, which is unheard of, because usually, you know, it's literally like f tying together fire and water, where they exist, they coexist at the same time. I mean, it's unheard of, you know, because there's positive and negatives, right? And when a positive meets a negative, what will happen? One will, they'll annihilate each other. It's like matter and antimatter. When they meet, 
there's an immediate annihilation of each other and it turns into pure energy, you know. So the amazing thing is that the neshama and the guf can actually reside together. That, that's nisim. That's, uh, so the question is how? So the question you can ask yourself is, well, which is more powerful? Will the, the, will the soul annihilate the body or the body annihilate the soul? It's an interesting question. And the answer is that really the neshama is so powerful, the soul of man is so powerful that if it was ever connected to the body and therefore limited by the body, in other words, it cannot express itself in any way, then it would also automatically, in the Ramchal says this, it would be mezakech. It would immediately purify the body. It would remove its physicality of the guf. You wouldn't be physical anymore. You would be, but it, 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 it's like it would resemble something that's physical, but it would be completely translucent. It wouldn't operate at all as a physical substance. You would not be hungry, thirsty, none of that stuff. There would be no drives or urges at all. And the body would be translucent. Uh, if the neshama could do what it naturally does. So the neshama is infinitely more powerful than the guf. The question, of course, is why doesn't it happen? And the answer to that is because God decreed however he does it. And he makes it, uh, he uh, surrounds the neshama with uh, just uh, an impossibility of its doing it. It's, uh, and the neshama therefore is it's like being in a prison. The neshama, the soul of man is in a prison and it cannot, <coughs> it cannot purify the body. It cannot dematerialize or uh, you know, uh, render the physical body non-physical and so on. Uh, because that's the Xera, and that's what the, uh, the Ramchal says. And because the, the Rabbanu Shalom Ha'odim Baruch Hu, <coughs> right, that he, he decreed, and therefore that decree is, that's it. It's, uh, that's the Bria. He decreed that the body and the Neshama can never be separated, which is interesting. And I'm talking about not, not only never be separated, but never be separated for eternity. God wants every soul to have a covering called the guf. However, obviously, the uh, um, obviously you can ask a question. Well, wait a minute. Guy dies. Is the shama leaves? You know what I'm saying. So, what do you Why mean? Not the Gilgal, one the can possess three different. Or well, yeah, yeah. So obviously, it does leave. You know. So the Ramchal. Yeah, but even if Hashem wants the body to be there in Olam Haba, which one is it? Which one is what? Meaning, well, that's yeah, it's an old, so, so I think Zoya says that it's the one that the individual did the most tikkunim. It means that lifetime that he did the greatest amount of tikkun. You know, mitzvahs and all that, tshuva and so on, you know. That is the body that you wake up with, you see. But that won't stop another person from not recognizing who you are. You know. the yeah, so there's obviously the, the neshama at that point uh, uh, will uh, in some way uh, radiate through the body and you'll be able to know who that person is. So how tough it is? You know, he, he won't go around with a nameplate. You know, this is who I was, you know. You know, that, he's not going to do that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But that he, his physical goof okay. is down here, but his head is in his mind. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, but I didn't know how he could sleep. His his face is engraved in the. Who you talking about? Who you talking about? The malachim when he. No, no, no. I, I no, no, no. I, 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 yeah, I hear. They, yeah. They were confounded. They didn't. I don't want to get into that because then you it's a, you you go from a whole different direction, you know. Uh, in any case, so the question then is, uh, how's that work? I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the the, the, the shama separates from the body upon death, right? And uh, by tchisamesim, then the shama will return. You see, I mean, the first question is why does it separate? Why is there death? Good question. Anybody know why? Yeah, I mean, he's going to talk about that, you know. Well, why is there death? Why, if, if God intends, well, the question uh, ruined the goof is, is, is yeah. The problem is, is that once you fell, uh, the problem is that once the Sultan Zoyama, Zoyama is his uh, projection, where he can control, uh, he exudes so to speak a projection. It's a tuma. It's called tuma. And uh, he projects that and then um, um, onto the body, and that's what gives him access to the body in terms of the Yetzirah. And it's more than that. There's, uh, besides the Yetzirah, there's a lot more that the Sutton does with the body and so on, you know. But the, essentially, what happens is that the Neshama can dematerialize Geshem, which is physical material. It cannot dematerialize Zoyamo. That is the problem. You see, had Adam not sinned, right, and he would have done the mitzvah, not eating from the tree and so on, then his neshama at that point in time would have immediately mezakech the guf. It would have purified the body and dematerialized the body because the neshama can do that. But once the zoyama enters because Adam sinned, right, and therefore the defilement, <coughs> the contamination of the satan, right, entered the body, that the neshama cannot purify evil. It can only purify, so to speak, or remove the contaminant called the, the uh, physical world. It can remove the contaminant of the physicality of the body. But it cannot remove tuma, the zoyamo, you see. So therefore that became necessary. That at some point in time, the neshama must separate from the body. Now what will that weight, what will that gain? What that gains when a person is buried... The body decays, or I should say decomposes. What? What about Klicheres? It can only be with the Tyra's with shattering. The Tyra, yeah, okay. That's okay. Um, and the body decomposes, right? And therefore the Zoyama leaves. Because the Zoyama, the Zoyama leaves the body. And when it leaves, then when the Neshama re-enters, it now only has to deal with goof physical and not zayama, not tumma, not defilement or contamination, uh, and so on. And then the neshama will, at that point in time, which is obviously resurrection of the dead, and then the neshama will purify the body, because that's what it does. Because God will remove the xera, the decree that limits the neshama from doing this. He will remove that, and automatically... Uh, and, and also that there's no Zoyama because the guy has been buried and so on. That's why everybody has to die for two hours, even when Mashiach comes. 
Because you know you need to go die and, and, and remove that zoyama, that contaminant in you, that, that tumor, that impurity. And then once that's removed and God removes the xera, the decree that limits the neshama, automatically the neshama will be able to purify <coughs> the body in one shot, which is, a, which is really amazing. So, uh, so that, that's, what, that's why you have Tchis Amesim. Not only that's why you have Tchis Amesim, the resurrection of the dead, you know, the essential idea of that is obviously that the neshama has to leave the body. But the Ramchal says that it's an eternal bond. So the answer, like I just said, is because it was not anticipated, or it shouldn't have been, that the, the, the body will now contain zoyama. So it shouldn't have been. But now that it is, so therefore, you need to decompose the body, get rid of the zoyama, the decree has to be lifted, right? And then the neshama, when it re-enters, is mezakich the guf. That's why. However, that necessitated another thing. The concept of Gan Eden. Because where is it going to hang out? Right? I mean, it sounds funny, but if the Nishama is not in the Guf, right, and there's no Ilm Haba yet, we know that because Ilm Haba, we have not made Ilm Haba in that sense, right? So the question is, where is the Nishama going to go? And the answer is, there's a special place called Gan Eden, the upper Gan Eden, okay? And that's also called the Ilm Hanishamas, the world of souls. So all the Nishamas that die, right, um, they may have to go through Gehenna or whatever, but once that's over, what happens is, is that they, um, they, uh, they go to this Ilm Hanishamas, which is the world of souls, and they reside there. It what happens? Has a physical aspect no, no, no. It's pure Ruchni. Whatever I've read, it, it does have. The way you see it is in physicality of, of how your, your relatives come to well, you. I tell you what, let me, let me describe it. That's better, right? <laughs> let me try that out, right? Um, but the interesting thing about the Oilam Hanishamas, which is the world of souls, is that um, it, it, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual world because we're talking about Nishama, right? It's a spiritual world. And each Nishama will experience proportionately to what it did here, it will experience a tremendous amount of ruchnius. It's nothing compared to what it will experience in Elam Haba, you know, but it's called the Me'ain. It's a, it's a Me'ain, it's an abstract of what it will experience in, in the future world, but it will experience an incredible amount of spirituality. But at that point in time, it's not everybody experiences the same. It's proportionate to what they did. So everybody experiences spirituality, but only in proportion to what they did here, which is exactly what's going to be in the future world, Ilm Habo. People will experience different levels of Ilm Habo, you see, based on the amount that they did here. And that's called true justice. That's really justice and so on. And uh, therefore, Ilm Hanishamas is a spiritual experience. And we don't even know what goes on there. But, uh, you know, who's ever there, if they come back, you know, there have been reports where Nishamas, you know, people are actually, where Nishamas can go back to you in your dream. You, know, you, you read about people who uh, were visited by people from that world and so on. And the report that, that you always see is that it's, it's beyond belief. That the experience over there is, uh, you cannot describe it, you know. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, it's like uh, telling somebody who never ate uh, 
let's say, telling somebody who just ate, uh, uh, hate to say it, but vegetables his whole life, never tasted a real steak. You know, those guys are into steak. Um, and you give the guy a steak, you know, with onions and fried onions and all that, right? And he's like, I can't believe this. What is this? Just beyond belief, this thing, you know? That's what Oilem HaNeshamas is, you know, the uh, tremendous Ruchnitz experience and so on. But by Tres Mason, what is interesting is they'll all come back into the Shama, into the Guf. And at that point, like I said, they will, all of it will purify the body. Now, I mentioned a while back, a long time ago, that there's a Zoya, it's a Raya Mehemna in the Zoya, that says that most people think that when Tres Mason happens, right, it's going to happen in one shot. Everybody who gets up will get up, right? It would seem that way, right? And so on. But the Zoya says that that's not what happens. The Zoya said that depending on each one's addiction, if you use that word, each one's addiction to the physical world, right? The level of their addiction, how much they were tied to it, right? Is going to slow down the zikuch of the neshama. So the Zoya says that it'll take 200, there's an argument. One says it will take 210 years for the whole Tchir Samesim to happen. And another person says, uh, another uh, Mandiyama says, person says, that it will take 200, and, did I say 210 plus? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second one will be 214. A 14 year difference, whatever, and so on, you know? But the whole Tchir Samesim will take place, it will take 210 years. If you recall, that's what I said a, a long time ago. What, what is stunning about that is based on that Zoya, right? We know that Chiesa Mesim can only start after Meshach ben David comes, right? Messiah, the son of David, Meshach ben David, he comes, and then Chiesa Mesim begins, okay? Uh, and, then, and then you have people slowly coming back and getting out of their grave, you know, however that works, and so on and so forth. And when they come back, they'll come back exactly how they died. It means if the guy died as a cripple, he comes back as a cripple. Okay? And if a guy died, whatever, blind, whatever, it doesn't make a difference, right? He comes back. And then all of a sudden, as the Neshama is Mazakech, the whole body changes, you know, uh, in whatever process Lent it takes. And then the, 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 the person is restored uh, to his youth, so to speak, and, and so on. Uh, but I want to tell you something. The, the one, by Tchirs Mesem, which is important to know, the zikuch will not take place when the guy gets up. It's not like that, okay? Uh, the zikuch will not take place then. In other words, the guy will get up the way he died, and he'll slowly revert, basically, until the age that he was 22 years old, which I'm assuming, which really even biologically, is the best time. Whatever you are, that's your best. In terms of physical, cognitive, emotional, you 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 like in 22 years old. That, that is the prime. After that, it was all downhill, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and which means that the body now begins. The cells die, and now the body cannot repair it as quick. And slowly, can't repair, can't repair, and then all of a sudden, guy. Then exactly age 22. Yeah, 22 is your best. I think Aldermarishan was like a 22-year-old person. The limits of that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. No, no, don't, don't, don't bring, don't bring it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although it's it's okay. So 
So I'm sure a lot of people are going to be committed during that time. Committed? Yeah, they're going to go crazy. People Who's? rising from the dead. Gonna, gonna no, why would a guy go crazy if he himself rose from the dead? No, right? Everybody's going to rise, you know? Everybody. There's going to be people who aren't ready because their zikuch isn't ready to go there. Sure and they're going to see relatives just get well, up from the grave. They, I'm sure there'll be a shear on it or something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Mashiach is going to explain what's about to happen, you know? Uh, but anyway, so uh, you, you, you so slowly revert to being at an age... Uh, which is 22, basically. I think Admiration was like a 22-year-old, and so on. But zikuch of the goof will not happen. Just that the body itself will revert to being what it was great, you know, in, in its prime. Zikuch happens in the beginning of the 8,000th year. What happens is... What? Well, what happens is that for a thousand years... I, I once mentioned this a long time ago from 6,000, which is the English year 2240, until the year 7,000, okay, which is the, the year uh, 3240, right? Um, this is after the Mashiach is ended, because the Mashiach ends at the year 6,000, which is the English year 2240, <coughs> right? Which is what, 224 years from now? It's amazing how, how, cl how close we are and so on, you know? Uh, so the, uh, the, like I say, the body is, you're still physical, you know, with Chesa Mesim, a new guf, new everything, and so on, uh, and, and so on, you know. But the, the, um, the transformation of the body will not occur. What happens is in the 7,000th year, the entire physical universe is destroyed. Everything. Okay. And it be, it, the physical universe itself has a zikuch. That's first. In other words, the outer always has the zikuch. Is it more of a destruction or is it more of a transcendence? Uh, let's say it's a transcendence or a transformation. Yeah. See, what we don't realize, which is interesting, you know, we don't realize something, and well, let me just say this, that the transformation begins from the outer to the inner. That's the way it always begins, right? So the question is, what is the relationship with the universe and us? What is it? See, we don't realize that we are the universe. We don't realize that what is out there is really a manifestation of us. It's sort of like, it's like the universe is our clothing. As far as we're concerned, we see what? I'm here and everything is out there, right? What do I have to do with the stars and the planets and all that, right? What do I have to do with anybody here, right? And so on and so forth, you know? Um, but we don't realize that it's an illusion. Really, the universe is the outer shell of the Jewish people. It's an interesting way of looking at it, that there is no real separation. In this world, it looks like there's a separation, but that universe is really us, even though it looks, what does that have to do with us? And so on, you see? So therefore, when the Zikuch happens, that's a very important Yisoyed, uh, that the physical universe is really us, it's not something else, except the looks, the illusion is that it's something else, it is other, you see. Just like the Jewish people are really one. God didn't create many neshamas, it's really one neshama, and that becomes, that one great neshama called Knesset Yisrael was individuated. But it's really, it's still, it's still a mystical one. The same thing, the entire creation is really the outer shell of the Jewish people. 
So therefore, if the zikuch begins, okay, if that transformation begins, the purification, then it will start from the outer shell, which is the universe. And that takes a thousand years, you see. So after a thousand years, wait, after a thousand years, what's happening is that the entire universe is different. It has lost its material uh, status. It's no longer physical. It is translucent, even though we have no idea what that means. You know? So we're not talking about you know, uh, atoms, and, you know, which constitutes, of course, uh, physical matter. It's a completely different type of <coughs> substance uh, that will happen once that happens, you see. Okay? It's a very important concept that the universe is really us. You know where you see that, interesting enough? You know where you really see that? By Nagoyim. By, by, uh, it's not called leprosy, it's a mistake. But the concept of a nega, or whatever, it wasn't a disease, it was really a skin discoloration, obviously. Um, because if you remember, if somebody speaks Lush and horror, that's one of the reasons, so then it's a Nagoyim boy, my love. A person will get saras. Saras, whatever that is, right? It's, a, it's a, a, <coughs> a skin discoloration that happens, right? Then you have to, so where's it going to hit you first? So it's going to hit three places. The house, the clothing, and the guy's body. Yes? Where's it hit first? The house, right? So we say, okay, you know, uh, what's it doing on the house? You know what I'm saying? It's a house, you know? But the Torah says that if for whatever reason it doesn't go away, you've got to break the whole house down. Well, where was something like that? You just peel it off, or you repaint it, and that's the end of it. You know, so it's, it's, it's hard to understand. Why would a guy have to destroy his house because it's saras on his house? It's like, it's like, what is that supposed to mean? You know what I'm saying? And the answer is, not only that, why does it hit the house? You don't find it hits a house. The guy gets sick. The house doesn't get sick first. Then the clothing. Like, what kind of a progression is that? But the idea is, if you think about it, that your possessions are really you. You don't realize that, and that's the concept of bilus. Bilus isn't a legal concept in Judaism, which means that, well, we all agree that you own this, but that's it. Bilus really is what's called an ontological relationship. It is you, you see. That which you own is part of your being, you see. It's a whole different way of understanding. Therefore, your house which you own is part of your being. If that's the case, if you need to be afflicted by tsaras, <coughs> right, then it will afflict you, but the outermost portion of your being, why? To give you a warning, right? And if you don't learn, if you don't, if you don't stop talking on Shinara, right, then it's going to move further. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like bacteria invade the skin, you know? So it's, you know, it's on the skin, right? But if you don't do anything, it's going to go into, into, until it becomes a blood infection. You know, that's bad news and so on, you know. The same thing. Uh, a negative saras, saras is a, on the house, is a skin infection. But what's it doing on the house? Because that is yours. And you, you, whatever you own is really you. It is called the outer shell of you. Even though it looks different. It's a house, not me. So therefore, if you don't do tshuva, then it begins to go further into the clothing, you know, into the, what do you call it, into the, below the dermis, below the skin layers and so on. 
Then if you really don't do tshuva, then it hits the guf, or the, the guf, and so on, you see. But that's really what it is. Uh, and that's the concept, you know, just like the concept by Neged Saras. I'm showing you the, the parallel to that, you know. That what, what Bilus is really that what you own, like your tie, you know. It's your tie. You don't realize that tie is part of you. Ontologically, the word ontology means being. It's part of you ontologically and existentially, except it looks like it's a tie. You know, it's the outermost part. And therefore, when a negative hits, it will hit you, but the skin first. You see? Uh, and that's where you see it demonstrated. And therefore, the same concept. Once it starts, then it is the universe. The universe is nothing more than the outer shell of the Jewish people. Amazing, when you think about that. You know, and every Jew has some part of that universe. You see, so when that universe begins to get a zikuch, it's really we, except it's our outermost manifestation. You see. Is there a way to control the, the elements based on... No, no, it, it all depends on, I you know, how much you did. Uh, it, it all depends on how much you did in this lifetime. That's it. You know, once that happens, there's no bechir anymore. There's no free will because there's no mitzvahs anymore. It's over with. You know, once Mashiach ben David happens, comes, that's it. No more free will. Then everything is a reaction to what you earned. You see, that's what happens. But it's no longer bechira. It's not a mitzvah. You no longer get credit or reward for that idea. You see? The what? The, the universe is the guf of the neshama elgin of the rabbi no, no, no. The universe is physical. Why would it be the goof of the of the Shalom? No, the universe is the out. The universe is the outward manifestation of us, and the, the illusion of this bria. When God created the bria, what's the most fundamental idea that He created in this bria in this physical universe? And the answer is, period, separation. Everything looks separate, you see. It's a very fundamental idea because the universe or the Oyleman Hashemus at the level of God is all achtos, it's all part of him. So Tzimtzum means that he restricted himself and all of a sudden they became what's called an other. And that other looks like it's separate from God, but really it's not. Except we don't realize how it's connected. And then the other itself became more other and more other. But in the end, it's all really one concept. It's one guf echad, which is interesting. So therefore, <coughs> uh, that's why the universe gets the zikuch first. Because it's our outer skin, <coughs> you know, and so on. You never know. Maybe there's a Jew walking around and he's connected to Pluto. <coughs> so what happens in the thousand years in between? You know, from seven, from six to seven. So the universe gets a zikuch. Who? The till eight takes a thousand years. Chazal referred to that as chat chorov. Chat chorov means for one thousand years the world is desolate, and all the people who are in the world that have experienced tchias amesim and so on, they will be lifted off this world, and they momentarily will go. To, they will go into the. Uh, what is called the uh, the uh, uh, the Olam Yitzira, 
because that's really the next level up, you see. And what happens is, which is interesting, is that from the 8,000th year to the 9,000th year, well, 6th to 7th, from the 7th to the 8th, that's when the body itself begins to experience a zikoch, a tremendous transformation from a physical entity to a spiritual. And that takes a thousand years. How can you have a dematerialization of physicality from 6 to 7 without the goof going through the same transition? Say that again for me. How can you have a dematerialization of physicality from 6 to 7 Yeah. without the goof going through a tr uh, the same process? The price? Uh, well, uh, <coughs> what it means is that the, the initiation of the, just to explain first, the initiation of that process will not begin for the individual in the Shama. You know, the Neshama cannot um, radiate itself and therefore change the body that it's in until the beginning of the 8,000th year. So, so the goof will be... The transition that happens, there yeah. will be a transition that happens to the goof, but that transition is the body basically riding the transition happening during basic, the Basically, that's but right. the transition that happens... On itself... ...the effect of the Neshama Zikuch correct. doesn't happen until 8 Correct. Yes. So from eight to nine, actually what's really happening is that from six to seven, right, then the whole world becomes Oilum Yitzira, which is the world above it. You know, there's a whole series of <coughs> worlds, a spiritual worlds, uh, from there's Asiya, which is this world, and then you have Yitzira, which is next world, then Bria, then Atsilus. Those are the Kabbalistic worlds. And then you have Odom Kadman, which is Oilum Haba. So from six to seven, right, what happens is this physical world, which is Asiya, becomes Yitzira. From seven to eight, Yitzira transforms itself, okay, into Bria. From eight to nine, into Atsilus. And the beginning of 9,000 year is Ilam Haba. So therefore the year 9001 is Ilam Haba. And that's, that is completely it, it's incomprehensible what that is, you know. It, it's not even it's not even a transformation anymore. It's a different type of existence. Oilum habo. It's not like well, oilum habo is this world, but it's a utopia, and it you know it becomes spiritual. Oilum habo. It, it's like it's spiritual because it's not physical, but we cannot even imagine what kind of spirituality exists in that world called. Oilam Habo, which is what's called Adam Kadmo in, in Kabbalah, you see. Because the four law worlds are considered part of Oilam Hazer. When you get over that, which is for the 9,000 and on, it becomes a different type of existence, you know. It's not just uh, existence which is superior. It's a different type of existence. And like we say, you know, we cannot imagine what that is. Although, I once gave a shear what I think it is. Anyway. Um, if you guys want to hear it, I once said it to you. Name? What is the experience of Elum Habo? Anybody know? I can just pop something up. More, more yeah, you remember that, right? What Elum Habo is, it's interesting. In this world, you either exist or you don't exist. Am I right? As they say in proper English, you either is or you ain't. Right? It's, there's no middle. Between existence and non-existence, there's no middle. Correct? You know, either you exist or you don't exist. There's no middle here. You know, existence doesn't have grades or degrees. 
Uh, existence means you are or you're not. There is no gradation of existence. But in Oilam Habo, which is interesting, what is there? What are you experiencing in Oilam Habo? You are experiencing God, vacuous, total, right? But the essence of God is being itself. So therefore, you actually can exist more. Interesting. We don't know what that is. Of course we do. Shabbos, you exist huh. more. No. And we don't really exist. You don't we're exist more. Excuse me. No, no, no. You don't exist more. You experience more. There's a difference between the two. No, you exist more. Your life is... Uh, no, 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 no. You no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But you experience more. You don't exist more. It's like you take drugs and you have this incredible experience, right? Or better yet, wait, wait, wait. Or you go to this year and you experience, <laughs> right? Anyway, when that happens, we know Mashiach has arrived. Anyway, uh, no, no, no. Ruchni, when you experience that type of Ruchni, you experience more. That's what you do. But it doesn't change your being, you see. Because you're physical and you remain physical. In Oilam Habo, but we never experience existence, you see. But in Oilam Habo, you experience existence. That is a Even Malachim do not experience gradations in existence at all. They exist and that's it. Yeah, they're a spiritual existence, that's true. And they are subject to whatever laws of the, uh, that universe is, that's fine. But they don't exist more, whatever they are, they are, and they're stuck in that way. But in Oilam Habo, you exist more. That, and I always bring a proof from the Chazal, the Loshan, the expression, which is Ayn Loi Raso. The eye has never beheld. It says, whatever uh, the Prophet spoke about, right, um, is, is only regarding this world. But what will be in the future world, which is Oilam Habo, Ayn Loi Raso. The eye has never beheld that. You see, so what I think what it should have said is hisig. the mind that cannot comprehend what will be in that world. It doesn't say that. It says the eye has never beheld. What does that mean? It means we can have an under, we can have an understanding, a cognitive understanding of what that is, but there's no way we can what we can comprehend that understanding because we've never seen it. We've never experienced a being, certainly within ourselves where the existence itself is graded. In other words, you, do not, you cannot exist more. There's a level of existence and that's it. But Ulam Habo is a place that you exist more. Why? Because since you are Dovak, you are attached to God. And one of the essential ideas of God is that He is existence itself, right? Therefore, if you experience God more, what do you experience? <coughs> existence more. There you are. You see? But anyway, uh, and that, obviously, experiencing existence more is the greatest pleasure that is known, that can exist. Let's put it this way. What was that? It's really the Rambam says this. Who? The Rambam says this. Yeah, God? The what? When he explains, when he describes well, the Rambam, Rambam, he says that Sadiq and Yoshim are the same for Shein. Yeah, that Gemara says that. Yeah, okay, no, but, it, but he's not saying that there's a gradation in existence. What he's simply saying is that if you want to know what's going on in Olam Habo, Tzadikim sit, right? And they derive enormous pleasure from Ziva Shechina, you know, from the divine splendor, you know? But what is the, what is the experiencing of Tveikas, the divine splendor? 
doesn't say. But he adds that that's something that they can't do in this world. They yeah, no, of course not. Out of this world to do it. Yeah, but it's more than that. You really can't even do it in the next world either. You cannot do it in the world of angels. They don't do this. They exist at a certain level, whatever that is. Let's say whatever quality, the quantity that is, and that's it. They're there. They 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 don't experience changes in existence itself. You see, you know, I'm not talking about changes in the quality of a person. I'm talking about changes in the existence of the person. It's a different concept, and so on. Nobody does that. This is a field was able to go up and down. No, 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 that's existence, but no, 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 no. You're confusing. This is all events and phenomenon of this world and whatever. Oilam Hazer. Forget about Oilam Habo. Nobody knows what Oilam Habo is. Nobody can mastic as Chazal say. We c- we can comprehend that in words, but we cannot comprehend that in experience because we've never because we've never seen it. But when you learn. You, you, no, you don't understand. Wait, 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 wait. You do not understand what I said. If you're asking that question, then you do not understand what it means, what, what I just said, which is that existence itself varies. Being itself varies. Not the experience that a being has. You're confusing the two. You're not, you're not getting it. Anyway, you think the, about the it. The existence of, of, of having... Well, I don't know if you're saying Vegas or existence. Existence. Not experience. You know, when a guy has Ruch HaKodesh, or a guy has Nevoah, right? He's still the same guy, except his experience is incredibly different. But he still is what he is. Yes? But his experience, I mean, you know what experience is, what, what, what he's thinking, what he's feeling, you know, whatever they, you know, and so on. But he doesn't change in terms of being. He still is the same guy experiencing Novi, uh, you know, and that's it. You're, you're, you're mixing up experience with being. Two different things. It's subtle. I'll give, it to you, I'll give you that. But that, that's what it is. But in any case, and then by the time you get to the year 9000, then the world, then the, uh, that begins Oilam Habo. You know, so it takes 3000, from 6 to 7, 7 to 8, 8 to 9. And those 3000 years, because the, remember, that's what happens. You go from Asiya to Yitzira to Bria to uh, Atzilus, and then you go to what's called Odom Kadmain, which is the highest world in Kabbalah, and that is the equivalent of Oilam Habo. Because it's 9,000. Okay. Fine. But you know, we, you know what a beautiful remnant of that is? Which I, I, it's my remnant, you know, but it's interesting remnant, you know. How many times does it say Kitoiv on Tuesday? Uh, on the third day, second, third day, twice, right? It says Kitoiv, because the Bansham didn't finish doing what he had to do on Monday, <coughs> he finished on Tuesday, so, right? So it says Kitoiv what he did on Tuesday, but it also says Kitoiv what he did on, you know, the previous day and so on. So, therefore, it says Kitoiv twice. That's why they say that Tuesday is a great day to start something, because Tuesday was blessed with the fact that God said Kitoiv, and it is good. That's why it comes to, that's why it's great to start things on Tuesday for those who are procrastinating on Sunday or Monday <laughs> anyway um, so what I, what I what is my chiddush you know that the reason why it says Kitoiv twice right because it says God saw everything he made Kitoiv made right but there's two toivs that God did really there's this existence which is Oilam Hazer right and then there's Oilam Habo 
Olim Habo is qualitatively different than Olim Hazer. It's not a better place. You know, most people, when they ask them, what do you think the utopia really is? You know, uh, what they call, they call paradise, right? Well, they're paradise, right? There's no bills to pay. <laughs> think about that, right? You don't have to go out and make a living, right? You just relax. It's like being on the beach in Bermuda, right? And drinking a margarita or something like that, you know, for the rest of your life. This is what some people think about, right? Uh, that, that's the good life, right? Uh, no bills, no jobs, no disease, no death, no nothing. Wow. What a life, right? And all the pleasure you'd absolutely want just by wanting it, there it is, and so on. No, Oilam Hazar is a different type of existence altogether, you see. So all the worlds, the spiritual and the physical, that's an existence, fine, you see. But Oilam Habo is a different type of existence altogether. And therefore, if you think about it, therefore, and it says that God saw that everything he made, Kitoyev, was good. But that Kitoyev refers to two different things, doesn't it? It refers, the first Kitoyev refers to Oilam Hazeh, this world. And the other Kitoyev refers to Oilam Habo, the next world, which is really the future world. Correct? But wait a minute. I'm telling you, Kitoyev refers to Oilam Hazeh. And the second Kitoyev will refer to the future world, which is completely different type of uh, existence, right? Now, so Tuesday is good, Kitoiv, right. What happened on Tuesday? Now, if each, each day of creation is what? Is equivalent to a thousand years, right? So when the world was 2,000 years old, which was the equivalent of Tuesday, correct? What was the Toiv that happened? Torah, Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was 52 years old when the world turned 2,000. There we are. It is the origin and the birth of the Jewish people. And they're the ones who started the Tikkun. So Kitoiv refers to Avram Avinu, right? Which was 2,000 years, which is on the creation calendar, Tuesday. Yes? But the second Kitoiv, yes, is also Tuesday. But it's not this week. It's the next week. Yes? So how many thousands of years have to go by for the next Tuesday? 9,000. The ninth day, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? So in the 9,000th year, which is the following Tuesday, it's also Kitoiv, and that's Oilam Habo. Nice Russia, huh? You know? Uh, it's a beautiful remez. Yeah, so there's a regular shot that the Rosh had to finish what he's doing. Then there's a concept that Kitoiv refers to not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, which is the ninth day, which is the 9,000th year, and that's the beginning of Oilam Habo. Nice. Anyway, uh, so therefore, that, that's how long it takes. So the body takes 3,000 years to change from a physical being, albeit no death and very young and all that, to a complete spiritual entity where the body will be like a, a transparent sheath. That's all that's left of the body that will exert nothing you know, it will exert absolutely nothing. So uh, the Nisham will be walking around with this sheath of a purely uh, transparent <coughs> thing walking around. What was that? The full tikkun of? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's anyway, so that, that's the story of 
of, of, of the story, of, of uh, what the, the whole concept of zikuch and how it will take place and, and why it's restricted and how it's unrestricted and so on and so forth. Death was only introduced after the feast. What was that? Death was only introduced after the feast. Correct. Yeah. Death was necessary. That's why when, when the Rabbani Shalom, when God said to Adam Rishon, in the day that you eat it, you will die, right? What the Rabbani was really saying, not that death was a punishment, although in a certain sense it is, you know. <coughs> but what it really was saying is that death will have to happen because there's no Tresa Mason without death. Because since the, you, the Zoyama will enter you, Right. As a result of that, you 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 you, you, you can no longer mezakech purify your body. So therefore, you're going to have to separate, and separation is death. Right. That's really what it is. So you know. Uh, so the fact that he had to die is is not an oinish, so to speak, although it is at a certain level. But it's really a, a statement about the reality that Odomarishan created. Got to die. There's no way to the neshama to be mezakech, even if God unrestricts it, right? Because the neshama cannot purify evil. It's got to be removed. And that can only be removed with death. Okay? What if you control your Yitzhah, you machnia, and then you're a master of the Yitzhah, yeah, so you can still live. It says that you... No, no, you still have to die because of the chet of Adam Rishon. The only... Three people, if you want to say... It says the Mount Moses doesn't have any control of you. You're in control of the eternal. A person has to die, period. The only three people that never died, which is interesting, so and even... Uh, there's Elionavi. And Chanoich. Chanoich became metapped. Yeah, but anyway, those are the only three people in all humanity, <coughs> right, that never died. And that itself is incredible, that they never died, and so on. How did they pull it off? The, the only... Who? Chanoich was one, Eleonovi, and Serach Basosha. And that's because our Yaakov Avinu gave her the bracha. Because she's the one who told Yaakov, O Yosef Chai, right? And like, he, he was so overjoyed, he said, you should live forever. Wow, what a tzad, it's incredible. It's she like, uh, music. That well, that, that's to, <coughs> to, to, to give it to him gently. <laughs> you know, because yeah, he's... That's where the Malachim all play... Uh, no, 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 yeah, okay. That, forget Shira. She played the music just to ease him into the fact that Yosef is still alive and so on, you know. But uh, in any case, so he blessed her. And uh, as a result of that blessing, uh, she walked, she, you know, that was it. She lived hundreds of years, Serach Basosha, um, even into the time of the Nevi and whatever. And then she went up and finished, you know. The only one who was a semi... Yeah, well... He, uh, what, Yeah, 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 I, that, that's true, because he's... No, Yeshua Ben Levi, whatever, but it, it would also seem that... Yeah, he wanted to see it. He had a discussion, if I remember correctly, with the Malachamovis, and he said, I want to check out, uh, you know, so he brought him up there, uh, and once he was up there, he said, I'm not leaving, you know, so, <laughs> you know, uh, as they say. And then they said to him, well, you know, he gave a, he gave a nedda, so well, let's check him out. If he never broke his nedda, we got to respect his words. But you have to understand what all that means. The only one who really did that, the equivalent of going up alive, except he came back, was Moshe Rabbeinu. When he went up Matan Torah, right? He went up to heaven to get the Torah, literally, right? And then the Malachim had a whole dialogue with him. They said, well, why are you getting it? We want the Torah. 
right, and so on. So, and then it says, uh, uh, I didn't eat any bread, and so on, because what, uh, what happened was when Moshe Rabbeinu went up, he experienced what he would experience in Gan Eden, which means that the goof, or actually he, uh, the goof didn't, does not exert any type of uh, eating or drinking and, and so on, or whatever, whatever he had up there. So that's sort of like the only equivalent that we can find. But it just shows you the power of Yaakov Avino. Give a, you know, get a bracha out of him. You get, you, you know, you get all them, you live forever, you know. I once heard a story which is fascinating where the Vilna Goyen, you know, all over the Vilna Goyen, you know, it just shows you the power of a tzaddik, you know. The Vilna Goyen was, uh, he, w he was walking, you know, he learned all day and he had his talus and filling on all day, you know. So he was once in shul. <coughs> and of course when the Vilna Goyen, he got up, or whatever he was doing there, he had to go back to his, house or whatever and uh, you know so everybody just made way for the Vilna Goyim right and all of a sudden the Vilna Goyim is walking and his talus is beginning to slip off his his back you heard this story? yeah I, yeah, I heard the story uh, wait 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 so the talus began to slip off his back so uh, he, you know he also turns around and he sees that some kid was stepping on his tits you know obviously as he go there so the kid probably moved his feet Bam, stepping on a tzitzit, you know what happens. You get you caught tzitzit and caught in a chair. It's off, right? So the, the Vilna Goyen turned around and looked at the kid, and the kid froze. I mean, this is the Vilna Goyen looking at you. He froze, you know? So the Vilna Goyen realized, I mean, this, you know, this kid is not going to lift his foot <laughs> off the tzitzit, because this kid is, he's like, you know, frozen with fear. I mean, it's a, it's a fear of uh, this... This, this holy man, you know? So the Vilna Goyen had to ease this kid, like he had to <laughs> calm him down, you know? So he said to the kid, two words, lang leben, live long. And on that day, what happened? Uh, the kid went home, yeah, the kid lifted his foot, but lang leben, live long. This is from the mouth of the Vilna Goyen, right? On that day, his family made a whole celebration. Because if the Vilna Goyen said, live long, right? That's better than a CD in a bank. It's better than the FDIC guaranteeing your bank loan, you know? And they say that this kid lived till, I think he's 95 or 99. I, I Astounding. I know you're a great Sadiq. That's what the Vilna Goyen said. I know you're a great Sadiq. To who? To the kid? To the kid. I know you're a great Sadiq, can you please get off my talus? No, and no, that, no. That, 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 that day, it was a different variation. Well, so the, why? 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 Because he called him a Sadiq and he grew up to be a big Sadiq. Oh, you heard that version? That's a different version. Oh, wow, that must be a Hasidic version. <laughs> <laughs> I probably got the Litvish version. <laughs> I'm not sure if I saw the Hasidic version of Europe, Hasidic, she told me the Litvish version. Uh, okay, you know, anyway, it's, uh, I, I, it's, it's, I love these stories, how they change depending on which culture, which, you know, sorry, decides to tell you the story. You, you hear it many times, you know, you know, the, no, this Sadiq, no, 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 that Sadiq did it. No, no. But this story, I, I, don't, I don't recall if I read it or saw it, but, uh, uh, but, but it makes sense. Lang Leben, he said, live long, and that was it. The guy lived, and remember to tell you something, this is 18, the Vilna Goyen lived in the it's 18th century, right? The 1720, towards the 1796, something like that. You know, the average lifespan in those days was like, what, 45? That's it. 
That's why the guy doubled, you know, uh, you know, which which is funny that the average lifespan, even the turn of the century, was like fifty. That's all it was. We don't realize that the average lifespan now is eighty years old. It's incredible, you know. In those years, the average lifespan of time in Romans, you know what that was? Twenty-five. That's why they married when they were thirteen. Because you can never have you, there's no kids. You're dead by the time you. That means most people never raise their kids. It's astounding. That was the average lifespan, was 25 years old. It's incredible when you think about that, you know? Uh, but anyway, <coughs> so, so you hear that. So that, that's like, a re, uh, it's not totally like, yeah, obviously like Yaakov Avinu, promised to, I'm just going to heaven alive and all that, but it's not bad. Who, which one? Who? According to one Medrash, they were not killed, but they went up no, 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 they found out from the beginning. He didn't go into the Eden, just went up to here. No, that's part of days. You mean part of days? No, no, that's what he wants to see. No, 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 that's different. He meditated, he went up. That's Ruch. What he did was Ruch HaKodesh, by the way. It's not Nevoah. He went up to Olim Yetzira. His consciousness. Not his consciousness went up to Olim Yetzira. He didn't stay here, but all of a sudden, Olim Yetzira appeared to his imagination. That's how it works, right? And uh, all of a sudden, it's like a movie screen, but you can interact, you know, it's interactive, <laughs> as they say, you know? And he asked the Malach, uh, whatever, 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 so the, yeah, the Vushabadim. Who? Why is it called Euler? Yeah, yeah. No, no, because his consciousness went up. Means what was some aspect that, you know. And yeah. then he spoke to the Malach. Malach said, that's the decree, you cannot alter it. And he, then he came, not that he came down, he never left, but he, his consciousness was restored here. That's a, diff, that's a whole different. So uh, how do you explain them going physically into Ghanaian? Unless, I mean, there's a Gemara that says El Yonavi takes his body and kind of like. Leaves it on the side. Who went physically? Uh, Elianavi, Sefer, Asher, Hanoch. Uh, they all went physically to, to Ganem. Yeah, okay. So obviously. So, so there must be a, some sort of physical aspect. Obviously, there's got to be some accommodation for physical people. <laughs> I mean, you know, they probably have a special hotel for guys with bodies. I don't know. I obviously, I mean, what you're saying is right. Obviously, it's some type of accommodation. There, there is a book, and it, it, but it's I'm a not even. Elio is a Malach. Where these people go through the Marshmallow Fela to see the That's order. right. You, that's and a medrash. And they go, they actually <coughs> go and see their relatives on physical form. Yes. They're looking at physical uh, Well, he's quoting, I, I once said it a long time ago, there's a medrash. I gave the Shia, I remember way back, you know, <coughs> that the entrance to Ganeid no Elion is through the Marshmallow Fela. So it says when a person dies, his neshama goes through that. Marshmallow Fela, where you have the Ovis, not the Mauritian. <coughs> Yeah, yeah, so it's an incredible medrash. Maybe that's why you can't go down. I mean, who knows what that is, you know? Uh, but it, it, it can't mean that. I mean, what do you mean? Uh, you, know, you go to Hebron, you go to Hebron these days, right? You, you, you know, we, we, you don't see Ghanaian, you know? Hebron is eight cities above. No, no, no. Yeah, what, whatever, but no, even that doesn't make sense. No. It probably means that uh, when you, do, you go, as the Neshama goes through that, the portal. You know, the portal to Oilum Yitzira is located in that spot. 
That's probably what it means. You know, the there's no. Is in Yitzira, yeah, yeah, and that's that's really where you go. Okay, um, that's uh, but that that's it. So that's the whole understanding of Zikuch and so on and so forth, uh, of what all this is and so on. Why you have Olam Habo? Why you have Olam Neshamas? Why there's death? Zoyama. All this is because of that, and therefore the Neshama, the Neshama has to wait. It has to wait until the year eight thousand because it can perform the Zikuch. But once, I want to tell you, once it performs zikuch, right, then it performs the zikuch, which means the purification of the physical body, right, then the body is purified because without that you can't get into ilim haba, you see. But once you're into ilim haba, then the reward level depends on what you did here. That, is a dep- that depends on the reward level you have here. But ilim haba, it says, is infinite. It's an infinite upward climb. Why? Because Ilm Haba is that Sadiqam, they have no menucha even in the next world. So we have no menucha. You'll eventually get to the, to the level that Moshe Rabbeinu got to when he first came. Yeah, well, you'll get to that easy, no problem. But, but it's an no, infinite upward good climb. Haba, you'll get there eventually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, much greater, you know. No, Moshe Rabbeinu never went to Ilm Haba. No, to I'm, saying, I'm saying. You'll get to where he was, his level. Yeah. When both of you entered Ilm Haba. Yeah. He entered light years ahead of you. Yeah. But oh yeah, but but you eventually. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, you don't know it. You see, I, obviously nobody knows what the other guy's experiencing, right. or else he would have incredible jealousy, and therefore, what kind of item hub is that? You're just burning up for eternity, but knowing what the other guy has. You know. We celebrated your time because the sun goes higher. Like you're saying. It has a what your side? Are you talking about every every, every neshama has your side. Yes. So why are we celebrating? Is because that neshama every year goes higher in Olam Haba. How does it go higher? There is no Olam Haba. It goes higher in Gan Eden. There's no Olam Haba. There is no Olam. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a, okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's an upward climb, which means that on Sunday, whatever that is. You will experience, let's say, uh, you know, for five degrees of Elam Habo. On Monday, six degrees. So it's an infinite eternal climb. We can't even imagine what that is. That it's an infinite climb. Um, uh, it's infinite. It never ends. And every day or every second, however the time, whatever the measurement of time is, uh, there's an upward climb for time eternity. What? Time will still exist. Well, it's hard to know what time is over there, but obviously if there's a progression, there's it's got to be time. If there's a change, obviously it's got to exist in time, although we don't really know what time is in that dimension. But clearly it has to allow for past, present, and future. Right. Or else it wouldn't make sense, you know. So what uh, state is the world in? What's that? 2,000 years. What? What state is the world in, in those 2,000 years? 3,000. Uh, uh, from 8, 9, yeah. Well, uh, from uh, six to seven, seven to eight, eight to nine. Oh no! So what happens is, oh yeah, okay. So what happens is, all the nish- when the body begins to uh, resurrect, not resurrect, but transform, retransform, right? Then it goes back to the world that was now. You know, zikuch happens to this world, the whole physical universe, right? It takes a thousand years. After the thousand years, everybody comes back to this world. So the world already has a zikuch. Just the individuals don't have their zikuch, you see. But the world won't exist in its presence. No, it won't. It'll be a complete, yeah, it'll be a completely different type of existence, this world. What do you mean this world? You know, so if you're thinking of coming back to your house, 
you know, I'm saying this. So, so no. in, in the year 8,000, people come back to Israel, whatever it is. Whatever it is, yeah. They'll come back to this world uh, and like. re completely retransformed, whatever that is, yeah. I w we have no concept of what the what a world looks like after Zikuch, you know. And then that, that, that's what's going to happen, you know. But um, so that, that's, really, it, it, that's really what it is. I, I told you in terms of that Zoya takes 200 years. That means that um, uh, in, uh, uh, was it 2016, seven, almost 17, 16? By the year of 2030, you should have Mashiach bin David. Right? Because Tchirsimism starts right after Mashiach bin David comes. But, right? And it will last 210 years. So if you look at 6,000 or the year 6,000 and minus 210 years, because that's when Mashiach will double come, it's the English year 2030. You see? Which makes sense. Because that's why I believe, that's why you have such an incredible change in America. It's 2030? Yeah. 14 years from now. Mashiach bin David. Mashiach bin David. Yeah. It's astounding. That means Mashiach bin Yosef, who's going to come before, why? He's going to be earlier. Mm. You know, so, you, you know, well, so according to Zoya, uh, we got 14 years to the total redemption, right? But, uh, right, which is the that it's over with, you know? So therefore, uh, 14 years, Chaparayim, with all, all full speed ahead, as they cram. say, you know? Cram. Yeah, well, you can't cram, but the full speed ahead. But I believe that, I, I believe sincerely, you know, uh, like I say, just whatever. Uh, we have entered the time of Bi'itoi. You have no idea what Bi'itoi is. Bi'itoi means it's the end time. It means it cannot be reversed. It's unstoppable and irreversible. It's what they called, and God will bring the Redeemer in its end time, guaranteed. It's not Achishena, where it depends on our merits. It's now the end. The Jews that did the Tikkun, through the 2,000 years of Golas and so on, and therefore, and that's the only reason why the process has to begin. And the beginning of the process, now you understand, is what? Is Sumera. Means the world has to begin to change from its evil state to a state of Tahara, the absence of evil, and then the Kedusha state. And therefore, Edom has to change at the end of time, right? Because I brought you. I'm about to say no. that. <laughs> Um, and therefore, Edom, which I brought uh, a bunch of Chazals, that Edom has to change at the end of time to assist Klai Israel, the Jewish people, to do the, finish the Tikkun. And I brought a whole, a whole shear on that, right? And that's why Trump clearly is the choice. And he is changing America. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you don't even realize what this guy's going to do. In fact, he doesn't even realize what he's going to do. You know, but that's his mission. And I hope he, I, I, I don't think he understands it, but I, I said in a couple of shows before, this man has to have a spiritual advisor. You know? That, hey, does. you got to stay on board. You got to stay, you know, the way they call it. You say you got to stay in the narrow, the straight line. Don't deviate and start the business with, uh, you know, uh, placating, you know, what do you call it, uh, compromising with the left. No, no, no. This is your shlichus. You need to do it. And don't worry. You'll be successful. And you will be, the, therefore, the first stage of the whole messianic process. And I believe Mashiach bin Yosef will come. I believe he's already alive, by the way. Real question, does he know who he is or not? I don't know. But the main idea is that, and then he will come, and that itself will be a slow growth of bin Yosef, as I gave a whole share on that. And uh, 
where, where we are looking at the redemption in unbelievable short amount of time. You uh, said three years? No, I didn't say three years from Sheikh Ben Yosef. I said fourteen years for the end. Right. That according to that Medrash, we're only Amazoya. We're only fourteen years from the end, and and it makes sense because I just think about what has happened now with Trump is historical. It never happened before. You know, it, what you're witnessing now has never happened in American history. It's got to mean something. I mean, it's not just wow. It's interesting what's going on. It's not interesting. It's a mapecha. It's a complete overturn of the previous order. So she can be any time for that? You mean his revelation or his existence? Revelation. It can be any time before, yeah. It could be... Um, Five minutes. Yeah, it could be um, when Trump gets... I, I, I believe it will not be certainly before Trump has become president because that, that's the beginning of the end. But it can be uh, any time, uh, next year, year after, whatever it is. It, it, it's a process, because first, Edom has to be ready to do this, you know. And then, uh, then the Mashiach bin Yosef, who's in the Klippa, who himself is paralyzed, he has to remove the paralysis, and then, uh, and then after, after, as he grows, uh, and then people begin to recognize that, hey, he, he sounds like the Messiah, Mashiach. Because in the beginning, there are many people that would say, this guy can't be Mashiach, it's impossible. That's a whole, I, I brought down Rav Kaduri, what Rav Kaduri says about Mashiach, and so on. That people will be stunned. This guy's Mashiach? Give me a break. You know? Yet he's the very person who will redeem, and the, because the reason why Mashiach is so unrecognizable, Yosef at Tzadik, right? And he Yosef, and they all looked at him, huh? Right? That's exactly what's going to happen. Mashiach Yosef is Ani Yosef, and nobody believes that he's very safe. And the reason for that, as I once mentioned, is because in order for him to be concealed from the prosecutions of the Sutton, nobody really recognized who he is, and he has to be that kind of a person where that can't be. The only time you begin to recognize this individual is when he begins to, when the Klippa, the, that which keeps him limited and paralyzed, right, begins to dissolve. And then little by little, this guy comes out. Interesting. And people are gonna realize that, wait a minute, this guy's not normal, and, and but not normal in Kedusha, you know, and um, yeah, he do will you have grow. An idea of who that person is? I mean, <laughs> if you're wow. saying he's alive, and you, uh, yeah, do you have? Do I, mean, I, I want to tell you something. Here's the way I always answer people: <laughs> If I knew who he was, I could never say, and if I don't know who he is, I certainly can't say. That's all. What about the Shmuel? What about him? The. Uh, don't they get any kind of tikkun to like uh, get moving? All these people will have a tikkun basically after the Mashiach comes. Then everybody has, because it says, and my house will be a house of fila, the cholu amim. I mean, everybody gets it straight after he comes. The question is, if you get it straight before he comes, then you are actually involved in the tikkun process. You see, that's the incredible thing. You get reward. That's why when you look at what Obama did, right, in terms of the UN, it's unbelievable. Not only did this guy fail to do what he should have done, right? Which is to bring a refuel to Yishmuel, you know? He actually made it worse for the Jewish people, right? Because they're, they're very far from reversing their decision and going and doing the right thing. Who, the UN? The UN. Yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> America Trump can be... Trump Trump here, they're not like changing their ashkopas so fast. No, no, but like I said, America is very powerful. America can say, you know, uh, if you don't change what you just did, uh, you can move back to Zurich. 
kick them out. Or, you know, we support the, what is that, what's the budget we, we give you guys? The 28%. 28%? Um, I think you guys better get into fundraising. <laughs> no, there's a legislation, the grading, legislation. To, what, to take it away. To vote, including the UN, for allowing it to come. Yeah. Cut funding and to... to, to oh, yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm probably. Obama does not realize he just committed suicide. Obama committed spiritual suicide. But you know really what happened. You know why Obama did this? What, abstain? Who? You mean abstain? Yeah, yeah. To show Trump it was. Because this is Yish before Yishmuel goes under. Remember, Obama is Yishmuel, isn't he? And what I said? You know, when a guy's about to go under, what does he do? He struggles, right? Who's he struggle? Who's Yishmuel struggling with, really? Jews, right? Right? So Obama, which represents Yishmuel, is going under. Aren't they? The whole Middle East is collapsing. It's over. Uh, and if Obama represents that, if you remember the first year I gave, who Obama was and all that, he's going under. So guess what? He's not going, it's like, uh, like Shimshin said, Thomas Nafshin polished them. You know, if I go down, you guys are going down with me. Right? Th that's exactly what you saw. Which makes sense. Because that's the beginning of the end of Yishmuel's ability to counteract and the rise of you don't realize the rise of Trump is the rise of the Jews because he just assigned who did he point David Friedman it's incredible the guy's an unbelievable Israel. he's a Shem Shabbos right he was the president of the territories I mean with the uh, what do you call it um, uh, uh, Yehud and Shemron he's the president you know uh, he's a fundraiser for this he gives a, I mean th this guy's incredible with Israel you know can you imagine what the Arabs are thinking? That this guy is now going to become what? The guy who uh, is going to be the ambassador? It's impossible. And he said himself, he says the only guys that, that the liberals who want, that everybody wants a two-state solution, they're as good as the capos by the Nazis. And this is the ambassador to Israel. Can you believe that? You know, obviously, not only that, if Netanyahu or any of these guys, or Lieberman, say, well, we have to freeze. So guess what? Freeman's already crazy. America demands you build... It's like what? Excuse me. No, the only, wait, wait. The only the, wait, wait. The only message ever heard was you're not allowed to build. You know, between Obama and Biden, it was just incredible. Build. They want bananas, right? And Friedman and Trump is going to say we demand that you build new institutions. It's yours. You have no idea. When he moves that embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, it's fireworks. fireworks. It's going to be a July 4th that you've never seen before. Talk about Independence Day. Because that's the end of the Shlita of Yishmuel. It is the end of the Shlita of the Rashi of of the evil of Edom, of Esau. It's over with. So therefore, in order to, that, that's how they're going to do their Tikkun. They are going to encourage Israel to expand and do everything and then give them tremendous trade. You name it. Why are they going to do that? Why are they going to do that? Why did, so now you understand why Obama did his. Right? Makes sense. Because he's going down. He's going to try to take the Jews down with him. Right? The last, it's called last licks. Whatever they call it. Right? But why, is, why, why, why does Edom have to do this? Why? Do you know Why? Because in order for the Jews to come back from America or Europe or anywhere else to Israel, right? You got to change the economy. 
You gotta change the whole Israel. You see? But in order to do that, you gotta expand and build all over the place. You gotta, you gotta be making Eretz Israel for Klai Israel, right? So under the rule of Obama, forget it. You know, you couldn't expand, you know, it was ridiculous what these guys did to Israel, right? But under Trump, uh, there will be an incredible expansion of economics, right? Security, you know what I'm saying? Building and construction. It's gonna be a, a it's like, a, this is all part of the divine plan, right? To get Eretz Yisrael ready for the influx, influx of what? Of the Gullus, the diaspora. Don't you see what's happening? You see? It's unbelievable what's happening, you know? It's like, in fact, for the person who understands what is happening, it is astonishing to watch. Astonishing. To watch what Obama's doing as he dies and his legacy is over, that's his destruction. And it's gonna, boy, is he gonna, you forget, you forget about what his legacy is. He's gonna go down the tubes, this guy, you know? But the Bushman is gonna go after him for what he did and so on, you know? Um, um, but uh, in terms of the, this whole thing is to build up Eretz Israel so the diaspora can end, the Golis, and the Jews will come back to a land that is teeming with success. That's what it's all about, gentlemen. Astonishing, isn't it? He said that he's only going to work in Jerusalem before they move to Israel. He's going to what? He's only going to work out of Jerusalem. Who said? Yeah, yeah. He sort of he, no, I didn't hear that, but yeah, I heard he said... Before they move the embassy, he's only working out of Jerusalem. He's not working out of Tel Aviv. This is like messianic. This isn't normal. Don't you see the radical shift in the world view of Israel? How it's shifting? Where Israel is now going to be the top of the universe. You know? I, I, I tell last time. When they move that embassy, it's not just an embassy. Everybody's going to line up to trade with Israel because everybody's going to know that. Well, we want to curry favor with the U.S. The way to do that is curry favor with Israel. These events are happening so quick, people don't have time to comprehend the significance of it. Your head is spinning. All our heads are spinning. Why? Because it's Be'itoi. And you only got 14 years to do the job. Think about it. Could you imagine the rate of change in order to bring Ben Dovid in 14 years? That's why. You know, every day is, a, you know, people are, you know, I don't have the internet, but I can imagine people reading his tweets, Trump's tweets. Every day there's something else. It's like, you know, it's like nobody can keep up with this guy. He is no longer a president-elect. He is a phenomenon that is unheard of in American history, you see. And Whaley gets the power on January 20th, you know. I predict that on January 20th, when he gets sworn in, people are gonna make a party for the end of Obama. Thank God he's gone. You know, it's like he's the sickness, the sickness of America of is over. But a lot of people are doing it. A, a lot, you know how many people are away? Kind of yeah. Because they were too scared. And exactly, yeah, you know, but, but when he's that, you know how many people are gonna come out and you know, give me, an, and after 100 days, when he changes America, everybody's gonna have a party except the yeah. Democrats. It's other Balea's Khaber, you couldn't even rely on the police anymore because they were fighting, Obama was fighting the police. Of course, it's crazy, it's insane. At that point, society hit the lowest yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obama's the worst thing to hit the US in history. They don't realize that, how bad he was.
you know. Look, it's too bad. He's a fool. He had the Congress with him for two years. That man, if he, you know, when he got in, everybody, you know, some guy once said, he got chills running down his spine. You know what I'm saying? This man had the ability to change America because he had everybody believing he was the Messiah. Everybody. The early tapes, they were all calling him Messiah. Exactly. That's it. Could you imagine? What an opportunity. And what this man blew it is not only he did not do the change, but he made America much worse. I mean, this guy is the biggest failure in human history. That's what I think, you know. A man should have that type of opportunity, right? Mamish, to, 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 to change America for an unbelievable, you know what killed him, his gaiva, his unbelievable egomania, e egomaniacal drive. That's what killed him. And then that's what killed him. He also was not, he wasn't the man for the child. Like a, that's part of the reason why. But that's what Where killed him. Where did he come from? You know, his mother was this and his father was a that. I mean, nah, that in itself, is, that's not, but it's not that, who was he? He's a community Hidden organizer. Values. Hidden no values. Nothing, community organizer. It, it's a, but like I say, you know, I gave that share, the first share, why he became president is because he's Shmuel, that yeah. Sutton is dying and therefore needs so everything from Shmuel. I gave that share two weeks ago. The heir of Rav, they're the next. And who the heir of Rav is, who's going to overcome the heir of Rav is unknown. That's next. I hope they're quaking in their boots. You know, I mean, what they want to do to Amona is beyond belief. You know, the Arabs claim that Amona is theirs, that their land is theirs. Amona, uh, what's your name? It's somewhere in the, it's, it's a Yishuv in the territories. They want to claim, the Arabs have no proof. Who ever heard that people can come and say, this is my land without proof, and they're going to evict the Jews? You have any idea what kind of oinish they're going to get? It's us even to have Arabs in Israel. All the time. They, they yeah. down like the Supreme Court. Half a year ago, a shul. Yeah, yeah. Some Arab claimed that the guy had evidence, nothing, no proof. 6,000 illegal Arab buildings. Yeah, yeah. I want to tell you something, you know, it's like, they can all get away with this. I'm talking about Jews, which is tragic. This era of Rav Jews can get away with it now because it's their time to dominate. But when the time comes when it's ended, you have no idea what's going to happen to these guys. No idea. Because they have destroyed the Jewish people. They have destroyed the Judaism, the root spirituality. You know, it's, it's just beyond belief what's going to happen to these guys. It's tragic because they're Jews, because they're Jews. Arab don't have a ticket? No. no. I mean, that, a I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, with Gehenna and everything else, they have their own ticket, you know? They what? With Gehenna and everything else, they have a ticket. Uh, get, yeah, they'll get into Ilum Habo. Oh, they will. You know? They yeah, will. but after... It's going to be through a process. A lot of sweat and tears, as they say, <laughs> you know? Look, they're Jews. It's tragic to watch Jews be so vile as to allow an Arab to take over Israel, right? And throw out eat Jews from their property, and then take away a settlement, and they don't even have the proof. The Arabs don't have proof. What is wrong with these people? You see, and that's why Trump is going to change that whole. It takes Edom to put sense into the era of Rav. Watch. But they're, they're looking to pass the law in the Senate. In the, in the, what to make retroactive? That, that no, that anything <coughs> that the Arabs have claims to, they could, they could build on. Trying to pass laws. Yeah. Well, the Supreme Court is using it. There's no law that you're allowed to build an Arab land. Yeah. One of the most evil 
institutions. I ain't never seen anything. Is the Supreme Court in Israel? They're not even legal. What authority have? How could you? Then and they're not even voted. Yet they, they can overturn a law in the Knesset. What based on that? Based, based on, on what? There's no, there's no constitution. Because like Aaron Barak said, you can judicial. I say judicial. You can do judicialize everything. Yeah, Means everything is one? subject to the rule of the court. Is he out of his mind? What is the rule of the court? What there is, the is none. What is it? Geneva? I mean, what is it? Well, the only thing that they have is what's called a basic law. They don't have a constitution. Right. That's my point. It's insane. Well, look, look, look the Supreme Court in Israel is an activist court. It's an activist no court. They, they, they want to rule. How can a... How can, what is their goal? Oh, they don't have a goal. They don't have a, a, a tax guideline. No, they don't, yeah, it's illegal. You know how many lawyers say that you talk about overreach. The Supreme Court is way into overreach. Because, no, it no, you understand, nobody has the guts to stand up to the Supreme Court. You see, they, nobody has the guts. That's the problem. They're all timid wimps. And that's two things. They're timid and they're wimps. That's a double. Double sword. Uh, right? That, double that's what they are. Nobody, oh, there are some people that have come out against it, you know, but nobody, where, where's Netanyahu? What is he, a wimp? He's a uh, it's terrible, you know. How do you allow, it's, un, it's, un, it's, it's unheard of in any government in the world that the Supreme Court can dictate laws to the legislative body. The Knesset makes the laws and the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court enforces the laws, not the reverse. Well, <laughs> they're saying every law is to fill with the constitution. There is no constitution. What is the base that they're working with? Him? What is the framework they're working with? Him? Anyway, okay. Oh, next week there's no shear because uh, I'm having uh, everybody. I'm sure everybody. Whatever. There's only one or two. There's only two after that, and then I'm out of here for eight weeks, and then I'm back right after Purim. So you know, I'm sorry, you just have to wait. Oh, but it'll be great because it'll be after Trump. After yeah. what? About seventy days. Oh. Oh, it's going to be absolutely incredible. Line, what? Mandel, every year comes back to Trump. What? Every year comes back to Trump. Well, because it's such an yeah, ongoing, yeah, you know, more, yeah, well, it, it, because what is astonishing is what's happening. It's hard to leave that out. It's mm -hmm. just incredible, you know? It was the nace that he actually won. Who? I'm still looking at the nace that everyone, up to one in the morning, they were saying he had Clinton winning, and all of a sudden there was this turnaround. And I called it. A year and a half ago. You don't say it's not a nace, it's a nace niglo. Yeah, it's a nace niglo. There's a nace, you know, ah, coincidence, wow, but ah, wow, this is, you know what the odds against this happening? That's a nace. But a nace niglo is something which defies human experience, defies it. Even though in a certain way it can be explained.